0: Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson Podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about trials and afflictions. But before I dive into the content of this podcast, I really want to um, encourage you all to check out my books, The Unhurried Homeschooler, which is a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, that's a devotional that I wrote, and The 4-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life. All of those can be found on my website or at Amazon, and I would love for you to pick up a copy and and check them out because I think you'll be really, really encouraged. Um, I think that this is not a fun topic, (laughs) But I really felt like it was a topic that needed to be addressed, and maybe it's because I've been going through my own trials and afflictions recently in the form of uh, menopause. (laughs) Oh, let me tell you something. Hormones can be very brutal, and uh, I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot about myself. I'm learning a lot about what God is doing in my heart, what He has done, uh, what He wants to do. So it's been good. Not easy, but good. And that is very typical for an affliction or a trial for a believer because we have hope. We always, always have hope because we have Christ. And so I'm hoping that through this episode, as I walk through and just sort of talk about trials and tribulations and afflictions, that you will walk away encouraged and equipped to walk through whatever trial Tribulation or affliction you might be dealing with right now. So let's go ahead and dive in. I think the first thing that I want to say about trials is that we are all going to walk through trials. That's just, it's not something we can escape, it's not something we can avoid. It is something that uh, just is part of living on this earth, but it has an even more important um, point to it. It's not pointless, and that's what I'm hoping to uh, communicate to you today as we go through these various scriptures and thoughts that I have um, about trials, tribulations, and afflictions. So we're all going to walk through trials. The real question is, do we want to go through them without faith without grace, feeling overwhelmed and just plain awful, believe it or not, we do have a choice. But if we have made worry a habit, which is very much tied in, I believe, to our trials and tribulations and afflictions, um, because if we're walking through our trials and tribulations and afflictions, um Really, understanding the purpose of them, we don't have to give in to worry. Um, now, that's something that I have I have gone head to head, toe to toe with, as I've walked out this particular season of my life. Which, by the way, I'm I'm working on things. I'm getting some some good some good help. I mean, it's 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 important for us to understand that God. Um. You know He provides things. He provides ways for us, tools for us to um, walk through these afflictions well. But I think the important thing to remember is not to run to everything else when you find yourself in an affliction, a trial or a tribulation, because at the end of the day, God is the one who has ordained it. He has allowed it into your life for a purpose, but He also has... Uh, grace. He has comfort for you. He has peace. He has wisdom and discernment to give you as you walk out that trial. So we don't have to give in to worry and let worry just become overwhelming to us. Um, And that's something that I have fought with a lot over the last couple of, of months. And honestly, hormones can play into that factor. But what I didn't want to do is use hormones or lack thereof as an excuse for disobedience. I knew in my heart of hearts that whatever God had called me to, he could equip me to walk through it well in a way that glorifies him. Now, don't confuse that with perfect because I'm not walking through this perfectly. But oh my goodness, the Lord is doing so much and he is so good. But here's the thing. We have to slow down. We have to slow our hearts. We have to slow our spirits. When we're anxious and overwhelmed and full of worry, our spirits are just in a whirling dervish, which is exactly where the enemy wants us. You could call it troubled waters. And he loves to fish in troubled waters. So we really need the Lord's discernment. And in order to hear that and know what what he wants us to do. We have to slow down and listen, be in the Word, immerse ourselves in what is true about God and about who we are in Him. So as, um, as we're walking through this, we have to give ourselves the time to pray to bring our, our cares to the Lord. And I'm going to be talking a little bit more about that towards the end, sort of like what are the action steps that we need to take. But let's start by talking about what is a trial, a tribulation, or an affliction. So I went to uh, the uh, a, a concordance that basically gave the the different words that are used in the scripture for the word trial, tribulation, or affliction. And there were several, because that's typical for the Hebrew language. They have more than one word to, um, to describe something. For instance, love has several different words, and they mean very different things. We just have the word love, and it's so broad. It doesn't really describe uh, well what we're trying to communicate So that's what I love about going to a concordance or to like the Strong's concordance. Anyway, I went there and looked that up. And some of the words, uh, these were some of the definitions of the words that are used for trial, tribulation, and affliction. To stay behind, to await, to endure, to sift. Um, Another definition was approving. I thought that was really interesting because my own recent story is very recent as of just the last couple of days. The Lord really showed me that even though I had been feeling like I'd been failing in this affliction, um, feeling like, Lord, I don't know what, what I'm supposed to be doing because I'm a doer and that's part of the problem, that's part of why I'm struggling and why I am where I am is because I'm always feel like I need to be doing something. And God is, is, is forcing me to a certain amount of rest and trust. But anyway, I've been feeling kind of like a failure. Like, I don't know what else to do, the Lord, to, to walk well through this, this trial and this affliction. And then he really showed me, you know, to just speak the truth about who he is, speak the truth about his word Speak the truth even though I'm not feeling it, okay? So that meant that I needed to pray the word of God, pray what was true, and so I began to do that. And I could feel just faith rising up in me and belief and trust in God as I spoke the truth, about who God is. And I spoke the truth about how he sees me. And I'll probably share more about that in another podcast. But the enemy loves to skew our view of God. He loves to make us think that God is someone that He's not. It's that that was the original sin. That's how He tempted Eve. He made He cast a shadow of doubt over God's character and who He is. And so this is why it's so important to go back to who He is in order to feed that faith that's in us. So I had a really strong, powerful time of prayer yesterday. Um, it's been a long time since I've really had that. and and I could just, I could just feel that this was who I was. Like this is who I am. I'm not that weak. Um, you know, I am, in my physical body is weak and, um, you know, right now, and it's it's struggling right now. But my spirit isn't weak and that was something that i i didn't realize because the enemy's done a really good job of fooling me into thinking that my spirit is is not strong that it is weak and my you know just that condemnation and all that you're you're you know you're lacking faith you you know all these things and god just so clearly showed me no dorinda this is who you are and so this morning um as i was just worshiping he just really he really just revealed to me that this has been approving and uh, of my faith and because of what happened yesterday I realized that my faith was stronger than I thought far stronger than I thought and that's not that's not um that's not kudos to me that's that is a life surrendered to the lord and trying to always going back to what he what does he want what does he want And not doing that perfectly, but continuing to go back over and over and over again and to walk through other trials faithfully that God has called me to. So all that to say, we may feel like our faith is small, but in our weakness, He is made strong. And so what I found out (laughs) as of this morning, I found out that the proving wasn't for God. God already knew. You know, when He calls us to that proving by as we're walking through trials and afflictions, He already knows the faith we have. He knows exactly where we're at. We need to know. And so that's the challenge, is just understanding that God is revealing something through our trials and our tribulations and afflictions, and we have to be careful not to let condemnation get a foothold. But you know, what is a trial? I mean, trials can be as simple as having the toddler pee on the floor, or losing a loved one, or anything in between, the whole gamut. You know, depending on the day, depending on the time of month, if you're, you know, if you're still having cycles and that kind of thing. Um, you know, it's different things can be a trial. And the first thing that's gonna happen typically is that the enemy's gonna want going to want to condemn you. He's going to want you to believe that you can't walk through that trial victoriously. And so we need to kick that to the curb. He's also going to to want to throw condemnation on you. You've got to throw that to the curb, and you do that through Scripture. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to read the whole passage in just a little bit. So let's talk about how the trials and the um, afflictions come. Sometimes they come because of our own foolishness, even our own sinfulness, Now, the remedy for that is confession. We need to confess our sins to the Lord. We need to name them and say, Lord, I was being prideful. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have yelled at my kids, or I shouldn't have treated my friend like that or my husband like that. Make it right with the Lord. Make it right with the other person. Because what what happens when we confess? This is so cool. When we confess our sins, we are actually also confessing our victory. We are declaring our victory. When we confess our sin, we are declaring our victory because here's the deal. Jesus has already repented for for you, for us, for every sin we've ever committed or will commit. So all we're doing is agreeing with Jesus that we need to turn from this, that Jesus repented for us, I'm agreeing with him that that is true, and, and that I need to repent of this. And so I, I'm just acknowledging what Jesus has already done. It also declares Jesus as Lord. And, you know, we talk about that. We always picture it maybe, you know, we're going to declare Jesus as Lord by witnessing to somebody, and we can do that. We're going to declare Jesus as Lord on Easter Sunday or in a Facebook post. But When we confess our sins, we are declaring Jesus as Lord because we are admitting that we need a Savior and that Jesus is that Savior, and He is in fact Lord, and we are in fact forgiven, and we do actually have victory over our sin. Now, does that mean we're not going to deal with sin? No, we're going to continue to deal with sin, but ultimately, the victory is going to be ours, and we're going to watch ourselves become more like Christ— as we walk through trials, tribulations, and afflictions. Okay, so how do these, these trials come? Ultimately, like I mentioned, they can come from our own sin, they, but ultimately, they all come for our good, whether they are a response, a reaction, or a consequence for our sin or not. They come for our good. God allows them. They're not random They're not unknown by Him. They are allowed by Him. Nothing touches us that doesn't pass through His loving hands first. They come sovereignly ordained by God for our good and His glory. He is sanctifying us and making us more like Christ. Now, lately, we've been talking a lot about discipline in terms of parental discipline, which is really more like training. You know, um, it's repetition, 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 doing the same things over and over again. No, not this, but this. So training is not a punishment. Discipline, godly discipline is not a punishment, but rather what God uses to sanctify us and make us more like Him so that we are, over time, reflecting more and more of who He is. Romans 12, verses 7 through 11 says this, endure hardship as discipline. So if you're walking through a hardship right now, consider it as discipline, again, not punishment. But it goes on to say, God is treating you as his children for what children are not disciplined by their father. If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have had all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in His holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Isn't that beautiful? 1 Peter 1, verses 6 and 7 says this In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold which perishes, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So the true believer's faith will be made sure by the trials that we experience so that we can rest in the knowledge that it is real and it will last forever. Our faith is real and it's going to last forever. You know, one of my prayers lately has been, Lord, show me how to walk out this affliction well. Help me to be fruitful. I don't want to waste this affliction. I want to walk through it. Um, with joy, with um, with ob- in obedience to you, with faith. But I can't do that on my own. I need your wisdom and I need your d- discernment because I want to lay up for myself treasures in heaven. And every time we walk through afflictions and trials, and we are we are working to be obedient to the Lord through it all, we are laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven where earth where where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves cannot break in and steal what we are we, what we are i guess producing what what's happening through this is we are We are working for eternity. These are eternal goals. These are are things that we are going to be rewarded for when we get to heaven. And there is also often a blessing here on earth for obedience. We know that God blesses obedience, but he does not bless disobedience. But not only do we benefit from it here, the greatest benefit will be when we go to heaven and there will be those, those treasures up there. That no one can take away from us. And that's what I've been praying for. Lord, help me to lay up, uh, store up treasures in heaven through this trial that nobody can take from me. And one of those treasures is a, an increased, strengthened faith. Nobody can take that away from us, moms. No one can take away our faith. They can kill our body, they can do a lot of things, but they can never, ever take our faith, and so many other things that only the Lord can give, they cannot take away. So when did these trials come? Well, as I mentioned before, they come anytime, day, night, often when we least expect it. The truth is the enemy doesn't care if you're vulnerable. I remember when we lost our first grandson uh, to a stillbirth. And as I was praying and grieving and talking to the Lord about things, he gave me a warning you know As moms and parents, we are the gatekeepers to our children, and I knew my children were grieving as well because this very deeply affected them, and they'd never experienced a loss that close to our family, and so it was a it was something they were all having to process. But the thing that the Lord showed me was, Dorinda, be on your guard be sober, be alert, because the enemy doesn't care if you or your family are vulnerable. In fact, that's when he likes to come in and stir the pot. That's when he likes to deceive. And so my biggest prayer for my kids during that time was, God, don't, please don't let the kids misinterpret who you are because of their pain and because of their grief, because they didn't have a, They didn't all have a mature faith yet. Some of them were very young, like, you know, eight years old. They don't have developmentally, they don't have the ability to process it like an adult. And I knew that. So I said, God, please protect them, protect them from the enemy. So we need to be aware that um, the enemy doesn't care when we're vulnerable. So we need to be sober and alert. Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 17. Says this because we have to understand that our um, battle is not against flesh and blood. The scriptures say that clearly here in Ephesians six ten through seventeen, and I, I actually mentioned this um, passage when we were talking about discipline because we know that the enemy loves to attack family and that that um, raising children is a spiritual duty. It's a spiritual uh, it's a spiritual thing as much as anything else. And in the passage uh, where that I'm going to read just previous to that, Paul was talking about family life. And I thought that was so interesting and I don't think it was um, a mistake that there is a spiritual battle going on um, as we're raising our kids. So keep this in mind. Finally be strong in the Lord. And in his mighty power, I want to stop there for just a second, not in our power, but in his power, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, because of all that. Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. God has us covered. We are covered. And you notice when you've done everything to stand, stand firm, okay? Sometimes we're not even wielding A sword. We're just standing firm. We are holding our ground. There are times that I just feel like I've been in a spiritual battle and I've just been, Lord, I just said, Lord, I I don't feel like I can move forward and, and advance in this battle, but I will stand firm because you said that I needed to stand firm. So please help me to just stand firm. And and God often will go in and fight for us. He will fight on our behalf. James 1 talks about trials and tribulations, and it says, he says to count it all joy. That's a hard pill to swallow, isn't it? Especially if you're in the middle of a trial or tribulation. But that is what God's word says. He's speaking to us. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And then he goes on to talk about wisdom. If you need wisdom, ask God who gives it generously, but believe that he's going to give it to you. Don't doubt. Because if we doubt, then we're like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. So I love that passage. But James is saying... You know, count it all joy. He wouldn't say it if it wasn't possible. Okay, it's not possible in our own strength, but it is. It is possible. Everything's it, everything's possible with God. You know, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. We have to remember that feelings don't always reflect the facts. We cannot depend on our emotions to sustain our faith because that'll last about five minutes tops, (laughs) okay? We have to understand that when we obey, we don't have to have the feelings to match. It's great when we do. It's a wonderful help, but it's not necessary for us to obey. And know this, God notices when we do something and the feelings aren't there. It counts. In fact, it counts for more than when we do have the feelings because we are operating on faith. The scriptures say that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And I feel like it's certain of what we do not feel. The truth is the truth. God's word is true. God is true. He is unchanging. He doesn't change with the times. He is steadfast and unchanging. And. I would challenge you to study the attributes of God. Um, There is a uh, Bible study that Nancy Lee DeMoss does. It's an online one, and and it goes through the names of God. So I'm going to include that link in the podcast notes. But remember, you don't have to have the feelings to walk in obedience to the Lord. In fact, He is incredibly pleased when we choose to obey even when we don't feel it. The scripture that has come to mind over and over again, as I've walked through this affliction of my own, is that that one that talks about overcoming in Revelation, because I want to be an overcomer. And that scripture says, they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So that's a beautiful picture of God's sovereignty and man's responsibility. So there's, there, we, we both play a part in this. The blood of the lamb, that has all been done. I mean, when Jesus said it is finished, it is finished, okay? So we've got that blood of the lamb. So that piece of the puzzle is taken care of. And the word of our testimony. So, you know, as I was reading that, It was actually one of the things that that caused me to start praying yesterday like I did, because I knew that I needed to say out loud with my mouth what was true, even if I didn't feel it. And I just went. I mean, I went for it. And oh my goodness, as I did that, the Lord just revealed more and more and more scripture, reminded me of more and more scripture that I just continued to pray. But it is important that we speak with our mouths, life, not death. And I'm a very honest, transparent person. So it's been difficult when people ask me how I'm doing. I can't say just fine. I I usually just say, you know, I'm I'm doing well. I, I it's hard, you know, and I'm but I'm working on it and you know, it's just I think it's just so important for us to speak the truth, to let the truth be spoken from our lips. I mean, clearly it says here that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. That can be not only the things we speak out loud, but the things we're thinking in our heads. And so we need to make sure that we're taking our thoughts captive. Now, if you're experiencing overwhelming anxiety, um, which is something I've been experiencing because of the hormone stuff, day to day, it can look different or feel different. One day can be okay and the next day, not so much. Um, honestly, trying to get a hold of my thoughts can be very challenging. So often I will have to take a break and I will have to just spend some time just doing some just some breathing and just speaking the truth in a, in a peaceful, quiet environment. And I know if you've got a house full of kids, that can be challenging, but ask God to give you a place to do that, or just try to do it where you are. Um, I don't know if you guys know the story of, I think it was Charles Wesley, um, his mom, Susanna Wesley. She had a lot of children, and whenever she needed to pray, she would just sit in her chair, and she would take her apron, and she would throw it over her head so that she was kind of under a little tent. And the kids knew that when she was doing that, that she was praying and not to bother her. And you know what? We can train our kids to do the same thing. God wants us to come to Him, and He wants us to pray the truth. He wants us to speak the truth. He wants us to overcome. He is on our side. One of the things that He showed me yesterday was that sometimes I just see God standing there going, you know, when are you going to get with the program, Dorinda? Like, come on, just get with it. Why can't you figure this out? I'm waiting, tapping his foot impatiently. And all of a sudden I realized, no, 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 no. That is not who God is. When I realized that's how I was seeing him, all of a sudden I went, no, that is not who God is. And I was speaking this out loud. God, that's not who you are. You love me with an everlasting love. It is eternal. It is broader and deeper than any love that ever could exist, Um, you look at me with affection. You look at me with compassion. You don't look at me with pity. You look at me and say, yes, you're walking through an affliction, but I am right here with you, and I will give you wisdom, and I will give you strength. I will not let go of you. I will walk with you every step of the way. And my banner over you is love. His banner over us is love, moms. So let's talk about how do we start? How do we kind of get away from worry and and really begin to move towards trusting the Lord? Well, the first thing we have to do is humble ourselves. Worry is ultimately about who is in control. Um, Somebody said this in in a book, I think it was called Uh, Humble Roots by Hannah Anderson, excellent book. I would highly recommend it. And her other book, All That's Good, is excellent as well. But she says pretty much all anxiety is rooted in not wanting to believe or embrace that He is God and we are not. And that was just such a great tangible takeaway from that book. So we need to humble ourselves and we need to get under his power and his authority. Somebody described it as getting under his feet and now that's not something that, you know, our culture would look at that and say we're not doing that. You know, we're, you know, we're the head and not the tail. But God calls us to humility. Jesus was humble. And we're called to be like Christ. You know, it says that he, you know, he didn't consider equality with God as something to be grasped, but instead he humbled himself and and basically made himself a servant. And so, yes, we need to humble ourselves under the feet of God. It is the safest place for us to be. It sounds terrible. He's not going to crush us there. He's protecting us there. So worries about who's in control. Am I in control? No, God is in control. Worry is me-centered and man-centered and prideful, and it's trouble and it's discontent. And like I said before, the devil loves to fish in troubled waters. It's like an invitation to the enemy when we start to give in to worry. It's a distraction from what we know is true. It keeps us from fruitfulness. So we need to cast our cares on him because he cares for us. Casting is like throwing. So we are going to the throne room of God, and we are throwing those worries onto Him because anxiety at its core is unbelief. Now, I don't like to hear that when I'm experiencing anxiety, and some of this that I'm experiencing, and you may be too, is a physical thing, but I really believe that God can help us to walk through it well. Um, So don't hear that as condemnation because there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I want to read that to you because I was talking about condemnation earlier, and I want you to really get a grip on what God has to say about it. He says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no exception there, moms, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh and so condemned in the flesh. Whoops, sorry. It was weakened by the flesh. God, God took care of it. He did by sending his own son, in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. He completed that work. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So hear it as a prayer. Lord, help me to trust you. Strengthen me to believe even if I don't feel it and then begin to speak out what is true. Speak the truth, the word of your testimony. Talk about the times when God has been faithful to you and you've seen his hand at work in your life. Remember those times. Write down scriptures um, so that you have. I used to write them down on index cards and just have them laying around where I could just pick them up. Maybe they were on a certain topic, certain something that I was struggling with. And I would look at that scripture and I would say it out loud. That is the word of our testimony, moms. That is our testimony. If we aren't experiencing it already, um, we haven't seen that victory yet, we are going to. So we are reading that testimony by faith. We need to get away from worry. We need to run away from fear. Fear and worry steal our joy. They cause us to be unfruitful, both in our demeanor, how we're coming off to people, and in our duties, And it makes us feel separated from God, which is what the enemy wants. He wants us to think that God has abandoned us because maybe we've been praying about this thing and we haven't gotten an answer or there appears to be no real change and that can tempt us to start worrying again. Here's the bottom line. The only tool the devil has is deception. All he can do is get you to believe a lie. That's it. That's the power that he has. If he can get us to believe that God is not who he says he is or that he has distanced himself or maybe even that God is disinterested or indifferent, um, he wins. He takes us down a hole that we don't want to go down. We have to be proactive. We need to remember that God never leaves us nor forsakes us. Instead, God calls us to rejoice in him always. Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7. He says it again. He says, I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. Have you noticed how unreasonable we are when we're anxious, right? We want to let our reasonable reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. No exceptions there. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I realize the worries can build up throughout the day. Have a piece of paper on the counter or your day planner or whatever, where you can write throughout the day as worries and concerns come to your mind, write them down and tell yourself, I'm going to pray over these later today, the next chance I get. And that way you can at least put them out of your mind for now. But don't forget to go back to them and pray over them. So we bring our worries to him and we rejoice in him. Worry and fear are always going to be knocking on our door, but we have the choice to let it in. And just, I just want to remind you that it is an unruly and evil guest. We would not let someone into our home who acted like that. So let's make sure that we are not opening the door to fear and worry. And instead, we are trusting. And we, you know why we can do that? And why we have the choice not to let him not let worry or fear in is because the scripture says that no temptation has overcome you or overtaken you. That is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Oh man, what words of hope. No temptation, I would remind myself of that because you know sometimes we get into that self-pity mode. Oh, no one else has felt like I feel. No one else has really had to deal with this and all the little details that go with it. Not true. Not true because the scripture says it's not true. Other people have faced these same temptations. These are common to man, but God is faithful and won't let you be tempted beyond your ability. Now you may feel like it's beyond your ability, but again, we're not, we are not operating on feelings. But he says with the temptation, God will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So when you find yourself being tempted to fear, worry or be anxious remember that temptation is common to man and God will make a way of escape just run to him and ask him he is he is ready he is he I love that there's a verse in the psalm that says when we when we pray when we cry out to him when we speak to God he bends down to listen let's pray Lord, we thank you so much for your kindness and your goodness to us. Lord, we thank you for the scriptures that are just so living, so active, sharper than any sword, and help give us discernment. God, I pray over every mom here who's walking through a trial, a tribulation, um, or an affliction. Lord, I just pray your blessing over her. God, I pray that that you would just bring back to her mind anything in this uh, podcast episode that you want her to, to, to remember. Lord, I ask that you would just bring those things to mind, that you would just encourage her, strengthen her, and help her, Lord, to not give in to temptation. God, we we need you. We need you, but we thank you so much that you promise that you are with us, that you never leave us nor forsake us, and for every temptation, you will make a way out.